Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Welcome to the wrap party where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Ray here, this time with Pastor Taylor. He just continued our series, Are You Sure? And in this series, we're going through the first letter of John, where we see God as light, as love, and as truth. And in in John, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 13, John tells us that he's writing these things so that we would know that we have eternal life. And so, are you sure that you have eternal life? That's what we're looking at in this. Um, Pastor Taylor, great message today. Um, I really enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it. I think uh, second service, it seemed like you were really on fire. Um, you know, first service was great too, but that's one of the benefits I have of sitting through both services. Yeah, right. is, um, you can tell a lot of times how the Holy Spirit is leading, and um, I think it's it's a nice reminder for me. Uh, so anyways, uh, without further ado, uh, remind us a little bit about um, what First John chapter 2 is talking about, especially the first part that you were yeah. talking about and what your message was about. Yeah, so First John 2 is really long, uh, certainly compared to like the rest of the chapters. You know, First John 1 is like not much at all, 10 verses, 10 or, verses something. or something. And uh, <laughs> so we... Uh, when we were kind of planning out the series, we broke it in half. And so I've been joking with Pastor Adam, who's preaching next week, uh, because he gets to talk about the Antichrist. And so <laughs> right. I got to talk about, you know, something a little easier. Um, but the first, you know, John, what I love about this whole book, and I think what has made it impactful, even just studying it more in depth, is that it's such a short book. And, you know, like you go through first, second, and third John, and each book gets progressively shorter mm-hmm. but you have his gospel and then you have these three like additions and you know he packs so much into first john to me that it's just like really encouraging and challenging at the same time mm-hmm. and so like you know he really takes an approach to sin you know like in first john one he's basically talking about how we're all going to sin, mm-hmm. but then opens up chapter two with like, I'm writing to this so that you might not sin. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> what? Wait a sec. Too late. Like too late. But you know, then he kind of sugarcoats it, kind of like a sandwich mm-hmm. of like, well, um, if you do, here's what we have, right. and so it's just kind of like very fatherly or encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of mentor, mentory kind of writing, it feels like. And, but he's also very real, mm-hmm. you know? So like in the first five verses of First John, you could probably do a ser- like a f- series on just that. Yeah. And it makes kind of the, that little prayer seems like kind of a prayer at the end of First John 2, or right there in the middle of the end of my, my scripture today is like, you know, we're all at different levels spiritually in terms Mm -hmm. of our maturity, usually completely based off of how long we've been saved or what our relationship with God looks like. Um, So he refers to us as fathers or um, children or young men. And, 
you know, he's like, but do this. Like, you know, fathers, you've overcome sin because you, you know, God, like, you know, God from the beginning Mm -hmm. and, you know, young men, you're, you know, whatever it says, because you have the word of God. Mm -hmm. And so he gives you like this really deep stuff in the first five verses of realizing that Jesus is our advocate, the propitiation of our sin, and we need to abide in him. And then it kind of takes that prayer at the end up until verse 14 and wraps it all up Mm -hmm. and just says, well, wow, like I can do this. Like I'm not taking, I can take pressure off of myself and because Jesus is there Mm -hmm. and he's my cornerstone, so to speak. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, you know, it's it's a letter to the churches, but it doesn't really look like a letter. You know, not right. not like a lot of the Paul's writings oh, yeah. where he says, you know, I Paul am writing you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? um, so you're right. It's more of like a um, like a father writing to a son, or almost like a sermon. You know, mm-hmm. and it, and it's really surrounded by this idea. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Are you sure that you have salvation? And and the answer um, is you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, by all these things that John is talking about. I like how you you kind of picked up on the motif of light versus darkness, mm. uh, and you shared an experience you had with Hezekiah's tunnel yeah. in, in uh, Israel. Yeah. Um, it, it was making me think about uh, this time, and I, I think I mentioned it with Pastor Roger last time, um, but I went to Mariana State Caverns yeah. and at a point in there, they shut off all the lights and, yeah. and you can really feel like the darkness has weight. Right. Um, and you talk about how sin has mm-hmm. weight and sin and darkness is synonymous in this letter. Yeah. Uh, can you kind of unpack that a little bit? Like what, yeah. like why is, why is understanding the weight of our sin so, so uh, well, necessary? You know, for me, I think it's like, especially for maybe a seasoned believer. I'll say that like maybe you and I, like we've been saved for quite a while. Like we, you know, attempt to take it even further than that and really study the scriptures Mm -hmm. and and things like that. And so a lot of times it's could be something to where you just kind of forget about, like it's just kind of a generic, if you will, kind of a generic meaning of, the whole work of the cross mm-hmm. and stuff like, okay, well, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I mess up, uh, but Jesus died for me. And, and, but the thing that I've learned through this whole thing, like even reading the story, you know, in the courtroom, so to speak, like I could feel myself kind of getting emotional every time I would start reading it because yeah. it was like a reminder of like the seriousness mm-hmm. of it. Like, I don't know if you've ever, or someone listening, you know, you've ever been in trouble and, you know, you're standing there and you know, like you did it. Like, mm-hmm. this is my punishment. It's going to really be terrible. Yeah. Um, and you're probably thinking through what that's going to look mm-hmm. like. How long am I going to be grounded? Are they going to do this or that? And then you just don't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And that like relief, or even that it, if the punishment's not as bad as you thought, you right. know, in a worldly sense, like, you kind of feel relieved, but then you like picture yourself like, man, like my defendant literally just hung me out to dry, so mm-hmm. to speak, but yet took it for me, yeah. you know, took the punishment for me. And that like, so like, I think it as believers, whether we've been saved for two weeks or 20 years, if, if that's kind of the basic 
framework of our faith is to let us not ever forget the weight of sin. Yeah. Because I do think if we live that way, it makes the weight of what Jesus did on the cross even more powerful. Mm -hmm. So I think like, especially in the American church, it's so easy to get lukewarm. Yeah. You know, even as pastors, like Mm -hmm. you're busy, we're on the go. Like, you know, I think we could both agree that a lot's been going on at at church lately. Mm -hmm. And you're like over here one minute, over here the next minute, over here the next minute. And you realize you're just feeling kind of dry and stagnant. And, um, that's kind of like I was actually thinking about it as I was reading that story. The first service was like, man, I think even just reading this is what I needed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it helps you just understand to be able to put your foot forward. Yeah. Like even when I am in a valley, um, I want to always feel that weight because I know that I'm going to get out of it mm-hmm. because of that weight. And uh, so. Yeah, uh, I, I was kind of thinking uh, I wasn't in trouble, but um, one time I I was I was working for my uncle. He owned a cable company, so I was I was out in one of the bucket trucks. I was driving, and uh, this guy pulled out of a parking lot in front of me, and I, I had no option. I slammed on the brakes, but I rear-ended him. Yeah. I thought for sure, like you know, I'm I'm, I'm done. Like yeah, I'm fired. Uh, you know, the guy, of course. Um, he, he was saying his neck was hurting. The ambulance came. Just this whole big thing. I'm, I was probably 17 years old, yeah. you know, barely driving, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I had to go to court, and it was being at court. Like it's just that, like everything's so formal, and there's the judge, and he's in his special uniform and stuff, you know, the the gown or whatever. And, yeah. and it it just it's like I'm gonna get get in trouble for this. Yeah. Um. But thank God, like the the police officer that was there, he was there too, and. He basically he described what had happened, and I I even described it poorly. I was like, I was like I had like a hundred yards to stop, and he was like, no, it was more like twenty feet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, anyways, I didn't get any trouble. But I but being there, just being there, nervous, anxious, the weight of like I messed up, you know. And so I I can really, it, if if we can kind of keep our mindsets focused more on that like we're guilty we deserve whatever's coming and the bible says the wages of sin is death um but thank god he sent his son jesus and in in the passage that you shared today it talks about how jesus is the propitiation for our sin can you kind of quickly just tell us what that means and then uh maybe i i can offer up something that i heard this week that's helpful it's a weird word um you know like we were talking about earlier i think the NIV translation uses like an atonement for sacrifice Mm -hmm. or sin or something. And, but it paints a picture of like, really like the old days of like when, when you would sin and you would have to go to the temple, sacrifice an animal. um, And it was just a continuous thing. Like Mm -hmm. you were going to mess up, you know, like, and different things or, or like the, the Greek gods or people that worship the Greek gods would like offer up these sacrifice, hoping that they would just remove the distaste out of their God's right. mouth for yeah. probably how terrible they were or something like yeah. that. And so to read that kind of definition from that quote and stuff and then think about, okay, you read the verse in Romans three mm-hmm. about God did that. So God is God, right? So in this whole 
thing, it would be like, well, I need to do something to make God like me. Yeah. Or I need to do something to at least lighten the blow, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, maybe I can do community service in this, right, you know, right. the, the lane of court or mm-hmm. speeding tickets, or maybe I can go to driving school or maybe right. I can pray a little more, or read my Bible or more. I'll go to church this Sunday and then maybe God won't be as mad at me or right. something. Mm-hmm. And, but then you read that like, okay, God himself basically in spite of seeing that I could not give him anything in return, gave me everything and like completely redefined that whole word and made himself the propitiation. So basically saying like, okay, God, Jesus died for me. So you, I can be, I can even stand before you and I didn't have to do anything. In fact, I'm going to continue to mess up, Mm -hmm. but yet he did it anyways. And that just really kind of, I don't know. It made it, it made it super powerful in, in terms of just thinking about that. It's like, wow, like, yeah, I didn't deserve any of that. Right. I'm still gonna mess mm-hmm. up, but yet here we are. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, I like that you you brought out Romans three. Um, it talks about how. Um, yeah, I'll I'll just uh, read part of it. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. And so the way I've heard propitiation propitiation explained is like in the Old Testament, um, the mercy seat over the Ark of the Covenant, where the um, the high priest would go once a year on the Day of Atonement and sprinkle blood on top of it. And so it, it's like a covering over our sins. And um, there's been many different times, um, probably you guys listening have heard it too, God, Jesus's blood covers over our sins. So when God is looking at us, he just sees Jesus if, if we believe and we've accepted that free That's gift. That's good, yeah. I liked it. Um, so I've gotten this question before and, uh, the first time I heard it, I was really stumped at how to answer it. Uh, cause maybe it seems like it, maybe it seems like it should be a straightforward answer. Um, but somebody asked me, what does it mean to abide in Jesus? Do you have some thoughts on that? Well, you know, like abide is like, and then you read that other verse and John says, abide in me and I in you, so mm-hmm. to speak. And, uh, you know, I want to pull up on this uh, blue letter Bible real quick, just to, for the sake of discussion. Um, but for abide, when you think about abide and it, like when I think about it, um, it's such a weird word in the sense of like, what is that? What does it really mean? Like if you think about like Psalm 37, four and it says submit to God mm-hmm. or, you kind of like, okay, well, does it mean that? Like, am I just submitting or is this more of a submission or is like, what does this mean? And, you know, some translations, which is the first word that it brings up, just means to remain. Mm -hmm. And so like, to me, what that means is like, no matter what, I will not abandon my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and even, I don't even look at that as like, you know, in the verse in John where it says abide in me and I and you, 
I don't think that's saying that if we don't remain in God, he's not going to remain in us. I think he's always going to be there. But if we don't remain in him, we pull ourselves out of that. And like you just mentioned, like a covering, so to speak. And, you know, and there's like that connection thing too, Mm -hmm. because in that verse in in John in his gospel, it also refers to like fruit and the vine Mm -hmm. and the vine and the branches or, you know, and so there's that, it's like a connection. And so what happens when you're connected, if it is a vine that bears fruit, I know Mm -hmm. the vines in my backyard are just brown and annoying, but if it's a tree branch or something that produces fruit, you know, the only way it will produce fruit if it's still connected to Mm -hmm. the tree. And so like you think nutrients, you think health, you think um, like positivity or grace, even like if I am abiding in God, it's kind of a reciprocal kind of deal of like, if I abide in God, I'm going to grow fruit. Mm -hmm. I'm connected. I'm connected to the source. God is feeling, filling me with his presence. But then the product of that is that I'm going to bear fruit and that fruit is going to be. So like if you rip a, a ripe orange off of a tree and eat it, it's going to be incredibly refreshing. Mm-hmm. Like you benefited from that tree. Yeah. Specifically the orange that was connected to this branch that was connected to this tree. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the same way spiritually. If I'm connected to God through the Holy Spirit, the work of Jesus Christ, then not only am I being filled and I'm being nourished and I'm being replenished and I'm growing and I'm ripening, so to speak, and who he's created me to be, then my life should bear fruit. Yeah. And that fruit should be refreshing to the people around me to keep them coming back to what I have. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's how I would label abide is just to remain, mm-hmm. stay connected, stay connected to the source. Um, you know, and then once you're able to do that, you're really able to maybe even understand more. So like maybe abide's not really such a strange word right. in the first place, but you know, abide, remain, like I'm staying put. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to, cause a lot of times, when things get hard, we remove ourselves, we prune ourselves and all that stuff. And so we just have to remain in God's presence. And obviously that comes from, uh, reading the Bible, the word of God and time and prayer and worshiping and being in his presence. You know, you're talking about being in a cave and it being dark. Uh, when I was in ministry school, we would do this thing called, uh, expedition and, uh, it's basically like an amazing race. We were in intramural yeah. team sports all year. And so we would camp out in the middle of this field uh, up in the mountains of Fort Payne. It's kind of weird to say mountains and associate it right. with Alabama, yeah. but what we do have of mountains mm-hmm. is in Fort Payne. <laughs> and uh, the last thing we would do before we would drive home, would we would go in this cave. They would turn off all the lights and we'd worship. And I remember the first time we went in there, like as soon as everybody's headlamp went out, like I, my, te- my chest just tightened mm-hmm. up. But the minute we started praying, the minute the word of God was being read, the minute we started worshiping, it was like just filled with peace. It was yeah. still dark, right? but there was peace. That's awesome. And, you know, that's kind of how I equate abiding. Like we mm-hmm. remained in God's presence and it was like the darkness kind of yeah. just dissipated mm-hmm. and that's kind of a picture of light and darkness. Like 
in our world, it's going to stay dark. It's going to remain dark. It's fallen. But we have the opportunity to be light in it. And that comes through abiding in the presence of God. Yeah. So Awesome. That's a good, good word there at the yeah. end. And uh, Pastor Taylor unpacked uh, that a little bit in his message too, just about uh, us being a city on a hill and a light in the world. So if you haven't seen it, you guys that are listening, um, check it out. And we hope that you join us next week as we continue this series, Are You Sure?, going through the first letter of John. We love you and we're praying for you. We hope that you would have a blessed week. And that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, We'd love to hear about it, so please drop us a note.